Hi, I'm John. And I'm Paul. And this is Plug In Missing. Muffin Films and Salad Fingers, Homestar Runner and Mondo Media, Adam Films and Metalocalypse, Happy Tree Friends and What the Hell is Flash Animation Anyway. Warning, not affiliated with Adobe. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Plug In Missing, the Flash Animation Flashback Podcast, where John and I rewatch the Flash Animation's webtoons and shorts that we grew up watching in the halcyon days of yore, the early 2000s. We're in the middle of our first season, which is focused on Homestar Runner. John, what exactly are we looking at today? Today we're watching uh, In Search of the Yellow Dello, a HomestarRunner.com original uh, tune, and uh, it was originally published in May 4th, 2000, and uh, the DVD version was published in August 17th, 2001. Only like only a little over a year later. Uh, we are going to be talking mostly about the DVD version, but that's because it's kind of just an updated uh, version. Uh, looks a little bit nicer. It's got a lot more jokes in it, which I think is uh, one of the things that we observed last week was the, mm-hmm. the, that there were very few jokes uh, in in the <laughs> early Homestar Runner cartoons. True. So it feels a lot more like an original vision, so to speak. Like like uh, this is what we this is what we could do at the time, and this is what we can do. Only like a, you know less than a year later, really. Okay, and a, a quick recap of the headlines from May of two thousand to get us back in that headspace. Mm-hmm. On May first, the film Gladiator premiered, directed by Ridley Scott, starring Russell Crowe and Joaquin Phoenix, which won the Best Picture, two thousand one Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. May second, Bill Clinton, President Bill Clinton announced that GPS access would no longer be restricted to the U.S. military. And then on May 13th, the 45th Eurovision Song Contest, the Olsen Brothers from Denmark won for singing uh, Fly on the Wings of Love in Stockholm. Oh, yeah. Uh, They're two old Danish guys. Uh, Or, yeah, Denmark is Danish, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Sorry, Scandinavians. (laughs) It gets complicated. It probably is, but also to our Finnish listeners. Just yes, and Antoxy. Yes, Antoxy. of course. Yeah. Um, and it's just two old guys that kind of look like Jimmy Cash a little. Uh, Jimmy Cash. Jimmy Cash. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Jimmy Cash. Yeah, I'm Jimmy Cash. Uh, Johnny Cash's younger brother. Uh, <laughs> uh, Johnny Cash looking old dudes uh, mm-hmm. singing a very sappy song. Uh, as you could tell by the title, Fly on the Wings of Love. And I'd also like to say, Paul, did you watch Gladiator in school? Because, like, I, I in certainly... In school? Yeah. No. Oh, man. Like, it was... <laughs> so, it was, the Gladi- it was Gladiator and The Patriot were the two big, like, historical dramas. Oh, we, we mostly just watched Sandlot. Oh, Sandlot. Oh, man, that's so much more, like entertaining from a kid perspective yep. uh than watching these sort of like grandiose epics that sort of fail in ways that like original like the the origin origins of the genre sort of succeeded in we can blame mel gibson for some of that at least yeah and also the gps like i would be dead now if i didn't have access to gps so i don't think i'd be dead i just don't know where i'd be yeah physically. no true true i'd be surviving off of bark somewhere probably <laughs> Well, we're we're going a little more basic than these historical documentary films that we've been talking about, John. We're talking about <laughs> Flash Animation today. We Should are. we do a little step-by-step review, talk through what we actually saw? Links in the description below, of course. You should watch the videos. Uh, might make this more entertaining. Maybe oh, yeah. not. Let us know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, we start off uh, at, on a sports field. I say sports field because uh, it looks like a football field, but it has mm-hmm. a basketball hoop 
seemingly off to the side of it. Uh, mm-hmm. And then every type of sport ball, uh, like there's a football, a basketball, I think a soccer ball. I think there's one in there. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and Pom Pom seems to be playing independently of any other character currently on the <laughs> screen. Uh, so it's Coach Z and Homestar. Oh, I guess we, we haven't talked about Coach Z yet. So, Paul, c- could you describe what Coach Z is or who Coach you know, Z is? I really don't think I could. Uh, he <laughs> He's really a weirdly defined character he has the strongest minnesotan accent yes that you've ever heard probably he's oh like yeah a, a, a weird tube man yes he looks like he's kind of wearing like hammer pants uh mm-hmm. but like a hammer pants jumpsuit like a hammer romper for yeah men. hammer romper for men uh he's wearing a backwards baseball cap his head is just a circle and he is wearing a large belt with the letter z on it like he's a power ranger uh, that is part of the z force or something like that i was thinking more he's a professional wrestler and his title is coach z and he wears the z belt yeah for because he's yeah exactly and uh and so coach z comes over to homestar who is obviously suffering from ennui uh kicking a can and sighing John, which one of us does the better Homestar here? Because one of us should deliver this line that he says. <laughs> uh, would you like to give it a try, Paul? Or... All right, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a go. Oh, man, Coach Z. I guess I just don't understand the ladies. <laughs> That's pretty good. Do you want to try right. it? Yeah, oh, okay. Oh, man, Coach Z. I guess I just don't understand the ladies. No, it's way too low pitch. <laughs> All right, I do. I do much better other Homestar Runner character voices. So, well, we'll see that in time. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of classic uh, Homestar Runner lines in here, so we'll have to horribly mangle all of them. So, Coach Z then uh, smacks Homestar Runner on the butt and tells him to come to his office. And his office happens to be the locker room adjacent to the showers, where a humanoid alien is showering and toweling uh, with a towel around his waist, and mm-hmm. then it falls down and is like a, a gag, I guess. And we do see a butt, which I we guess is see, funny. Yeah, alien butt. Can't see this on TV. Hilarious. John, did you watch any of the deleted scenes for this one? <laughs> I, did, I did not. Well, then uh, let me just say that originally Coach Z's... Um, office was not the locker room but was actually the showers okay it was actually okay so they changed it for a controversy i imagine i think so it got a little weird yeah yeah it's still not clear how old homestar is so that could be very complicated i want to talk about that later that's very unclear to me okay. but you're right so well, we do see this alien butt which is great and homestar confesses that he's having a problem because marzipan's birthday is coming up and he doesn't have a good idea for a gift john did did you get gifts for a lot of friends at all in in i don't know if they're in high school or middle school but i feel like we didn't exchange a ton of gifts no i mean like if we had gifts it was like i i bought them a pizza or like mm-hmm. i mean like like that feels more like a elementary elementary age thing oh could be yeah you have to show up to the party with some sort of gift yeah and now mm-hmm. i seem to have just aged out of birthdays i mean like it, it doesn't help that both uh, my partner and i both have like really inconvenient birthdays to celebrate with anyone other than each other mm-hmm. like mine's at the end of the summer and hers is at the beginning of the summer so like you know people because we're both connected to school and academia in some way i start work basically on my birthday <laughs> which is just great 
and and her work ends and everybody leaves basically like two weeks before her birthday more or less so so we're both sort of in this weird summer zone that i'm sure people in july are like yeah well nobody is around during my birthday like how about you paul do you celebrate your birthday much anymore not too much. We have a, a little bit of a tradition right now where we will do like a bad movie night with pizza and especially bad beer. Ooh. For the past few so years, Natty we've done Bo? that. Or... Yeah, like Natty Bo with some Old Bay in it, and oh, um, a, but then good pizza and then a bad movie. So like something with Jackie Chan in it from the nice. middle of his career, but you that's know, not too late. Good. Oh, you mean like when like Jackie Chan made it big uh, for Rumble in the Bronx and then all of a sudden everybody realized, oh, wait, this guy's been producing movies for like 20 years that Mm -hmm. nobody's ever brought over to the United States. And so all of a sudden there's like 1970s Jackie Chan movies being published in the early 90s or something. That general era. Yeah. Cool. Cool. I like Jackie Chan. Oh, I think it's it's a lot of fun. But you know who's not having fun? Homestar. No. So Coach Z then explains to Homestar that women are like great sports play. Which is uh, a generic sentence to like the, <laughs> the perfection. Yeah. You can't just go straight to the score zone. Okay. You have to make a skull and crossbones on the field and then walk into the score zone. Paul, what is the, what is the purpose of... So it, we see the this play play out on a chalkboard. Mm-hmm. And so... Coach D is explaining that he has to like zig and zag and all this sort of stuff and does not specifically address the fact that he's telling Homestar Runner metaphorically using a skull and crossbones maneuver or something. Mm -hmm. Is there a purpose to this or? The way I'm interpreting it is that the animators realize that talking about getting into this woman's score zone was was awkward. And they were (laughs) saying, you know, this is actually a joke. Look, we're putting a skull and crossbones. We don't believe this is a thing. (laughs) Yeah, no, this episode hasn't aged well, but it's relative to the innocuousness of the episode, if that makes any sense. Like, I like the Mm -hmm. humor in it, but the message is still kind of bitches be crazy, am I right? Like, it's it's not a, it's not great. It's kind of weird. That is true. But it's a very, like, low-key version of that. Like, there's nothing about this is like, this is hashtag problematic, but it's definitely like, that's kind of the joke. Yeah. But yeah. And so then we get another great line, which I remember like quoting with friends, which is, but coach, I don't understand, <laughs> which is way funnier than the way I said it. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think it was a good delivery. And I really like the way you've written. I don't understand all as one word. I think that yes. conveys how he says it. I mean, like, I have to do this phonetically or I'll never be able to remember what it's supposed to be. Yeah. I, I would like to say that this is when we start getting a hint that uh, this is a little bit more off model. The characters are a bit more off model. Homestar is basically very squat and stretched out in this scene. Like he's been smushed a little bit. And apparently mm-hmm. it's because one of the Chapman brothers uh, made the storyboards very quickly. And so mm-hmm. everything was sort of like wonky a little bit. And so okay. that kind of explains why everything seems so like ridiculously like squash and stretch and weird because they're making jokes about just simply the process that they made the the storyboards with. And so each I mean, scene it's... Homestar is slightly different looking and slightly more exaggerated or uh, does something strange or strong bad's wearing something weird and so on and so forth because uh like apparently the storyboards were just so strange and rushed that that they they just interpreted them literally as a gag. That's interesting. Well, especially because Homestar's the only one who gets so dramatically 
oh, yeah. altered throughout this. I mean, you, you're right. There's some other weird stuff that happens, but mostly it's Homestar. Oh, yeah, mostly Homestar. Well, I think yeah. to some extent it's because, like, some of these characters would be relatively unrecognizable if you went <laughs> too far oh, with true. them. True. But, yeah, so Coach Z tells uh, Homestar that... You know, he sort of explains that don't just get her a flower, get her some rare flower to show how much she means to you. I do like the message that he's not supposed to, like, buy her something. He's actually supposed to, like, go out and, like, you know, as a nice gift, like, find something. But it's not just some sort of, like, you should buy her something expensive. Well, it's, it still does seem like bad advice, though. It Yeah, it is sort of bad advice. Uh, I do like the picture of Homestar Runner wearing Lederhosen uh, as an example as he's climbing a mountain yeah. to get a rare flower. And the goat that pops out. I feel like it's good. It's good goat animation, which you don't see enough of. No, not enough. So yeah. So uh, then all of a sudden, Homestar levitates into the sky. He suddenly mm-hmm. has toad shoes, and he revs up like an engine and screeches off screen. <laughs> this again is a good gag. Yeah, being just a weird, like, <laughs> random gag. So yeah. So then we cut to Homestar sitting on a rock, thinking about what he could possibly get. You know, for for Marzipan's birthday, uh, oh, yeah. it and, takes and it, sorry, it takes three days, John, which, which is interesting. When I I think about what you said in the last episode of Homestar usually being an idiot or usually not being that competent, I hadn't seen yeah. that before. Yeah, no, this is definitely like Homestar Runner thinking. I mean, like he comes up with an interesting idea, like certainly one that would take probably me quite a while to come to. But uh, I feel like I could have come up with competent responses to a present before then. Mm-hmm. Strong bad during the, the during the uh, the commentary for this video because the DVD has commentary. Strong bad then makes a joke that uh, Homestar is actually crapping, and so he just says, and he's crapping and crapping and crapping and crapping, <laughs> and then uh, Homestar's response is that only happened once. <laughs> I, I so, didn't uh, listen to the commentary on it. No, it's it's, it's not. Like, there's a lot of good gags in it, but nothing like that. That was my favorite one. <laughs> okay. And it is it is Homestar Runner, Strong Bad, and I think Strong Sad uh, doing the commentary. So, so yeah. So, it's in character. It's not like uh, Chapman oh, Brothers fun. insight. Yeah. All right. So, then we do see that after all this crapping, Homestar does come up with an idea. And let me see if I can deliver it. I think I has a solution. The Yellow Dello. Wow, that was some that was some Ren from Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> well, it, it was bad, whatever it was. Yeah, it uh, was such... bad. Uh, it felt very early two thousands. Yeah. How how do you feel about the name, the Yellow Dello? Uh, Yellow Dello. Uh, I kept hearing Mellow Yellow the entire time. Like, uh, I knew it was Yellow Dello, but I kept having to. So, like, there there is like YouTube cuts and stuff like this. So I would like when I take notes, I like to pause. So I, I do the YouTube. And so, like, I was listening to it, and then I'd rewind 10 seconds just to make sure that they didn't say Yellow Mellow, uh, like, oh, almost funny. every time, especially when Marzipan says it. Like, whenever Marzipan ta- talks, it's, like, every five seconds, I'm like, Is- did she say Mar- Meliel? Is this Meliella? I don't like, I also don't like how it's spelled, because I had to type out Yellow Dello 10,000 times, and definitely typed out Yellow Dello with a W at the end of each word. Uh, so then I ended up just kept, keep doing that, and I went to find and replace for the notes. The next cut, I think, is pretty interesting. Yeah. Because it's, it's a complete shift to the Discover Network, which, that's funny. Yep. And we see a uh, mock commentary of the Yellow Dello. Yep. And... Damn, those those drumsticks, though. Am I right? 
I, you know, I don't know if you're right, but it is interesting <laughs> that this bird does have human legs. Yes, very sort of like curvaceous human legs that end in stiletto heels. <laughs> Which, why not? Yeah, no, of course. Uh, and in the commentary, the other joke that I really liked was Strongbag just instantly says, uh, like, I just gotta say, guys, that is one hot bird. That's a weird joke. It is a weird joke. It is a weird joke that uh, that Strongbad is sexually attracted to a bird in this universe. That, that for all intents and purposes, we have no idea what the gender of this bird is. They are wearing stiletto heels. However, the bird does speak in a man's voice later on. A very deep voice. Yeah. A very deep voice. So, um, so yeah, who knows? Uh, yeah. Strongbad's into it, though. Which is good. And it's good that he can be vocal about it as well. So yeah, the commentary is, the yellow dello is the most rare and beautiful bird in this entire cartoon. I do like, I do like. That's funny. Now, do yeah. you think he means this cartoon as in all homestarrunner.com or just this episode of homestarrunner.com? Well, John, that that's outside of the scope of this podcast, really. Okay. I don't feel like we're in a position to address that. Okay. I do like the idea that there are other cartoons that could possibly have more beautiful and rare birds <laughs> well, that, that could be a spin-off podcast if anyone wants to take up that mantle yeah really. yeah we're willing to sign off we could be a what is it like a mcdonald's like a, fra- a franchise franchise it out yeah well, exactly maybe we'll see but john so the team goes off on their adventure who who goes off on this quest? Uh, okay so this is homestar strong sad uh this is the first time we've seen strong sad as like a voice character and pom-pom uh, and they set out, uh, and before they set out, Homestar smacks Strong Sad in the face with his hobo stick and sort of like a slapstick, like looking the other way sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Paul, please tell me who is Strong Sad or what is Strong Sad? So, as I understand it, Strong Sad is the third strong brother mm-hmm. with Strong Bad and Strong Mad. Mm-hmm. And he appears to be a sort of human from the waist up and half an elephant from the waist down he definitely has elephant toes yes and uh he's he's all gray and he's kind of weird yep he's all gray he's kind of weird his head kind of looks like a cloud sort of sort of yeah it's got some kind of wispy thing yeah it's like white and then it's just sort of got like a yeah some sort of thing on top of it i guess i don't know i always thought it looked like a cloud but Looking at him, he doesn't particularly look cloud-like. But anyway, yeah. Uh, and he also, what kind of voice does he talk in? He has almost an Eeyore-esque, sad, quiet voice. Like a high-pitched Eeyore voice. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, that's it, too it, high-pitched. Like, okay. But it's not, not too far off, though. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah. And so Homestar says, I can't promise you it'll be easy, rewarding, or really any fun. <laughs> so they set off on this adventure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this this becomes the first HomestarRunner.com reference to a uh, Pitfall Fall, or rather an Atari Twenty Six Hundred game. In the commentary, Strong uh, Strong Bad uh, compliments how good they're doing. They haven't lost a, a man, and uh, Homestar says uh, that they, at that point they found a diamond ring, some platinum bars, and a couple bags of gold. Is is that a reference to things you actually find in the game Pitfall? Yes. Uh, so uh, Pitfall it was designed by. Uh, David Crane in 1982 for Activision, uh, and mm-hmm. it was uh, on the 20, Atari 2600. And the player controls Pitfall Harry and is tasked to collecting all the treasures. So that's some of the example treasures mm-hmm. uh, in a jungle within 20 minutes while avoiding obstacles and hazards. 
And so I have here an excerpt from an interview uh, with Edge magazine back in 2003. And I think Mm -hmm. it's funny because what uh, David Crane is explaining here sort of parallels how I feel like we think about our podcasts a little bit. I sat down with a blank sheet of paper and drew a stick figure in the center. I said, okay, I have a little running man and let's put him on a path. Two more lines were drawn on the paper. Where is this path? Let's put it in a jungle. Draw some trees. Why is he running? Draw treasures to collect, enemies to avoid, etc. And Pitfall was born. Pitfall is with an exclamation mark, by the way. That's me cutting in. This entire process took about 10 minutes. About 1,000 hours of programming later, the game was complete. And I feel like it kind of parallels how we kind of come up with podcast ideas, like the Minute Podcast being the, the, the most obvious one. In about, you know, a few minutes of like, what if we did a podcast where it's just about everything? Uh, <laughs> well, it can't be everything. What if it was less than everything? What if it was slightly less than everything? Okay. And then uh, one year, nearly one year later, and we're still like hundreds, uh, like what, hundreds of hours, maybe? I don't want to think about 100 that. A hundred hours, probably, uh, into yeah. into a... <laughs> to that idea i like it a lot i like the idea that it's like what if there's a guy what if we put him in a jungle what if we did this thing okay let's do this for the rest of the year um which i love uh so crane went on to develop a a bunch of really great games such as the ghostbusters game uh a boy in his blob in 1989 Uh, a ton of also really great simpsons games they're not great none of these games are great Uh, the home improvement game for the snes and uh the sort of like notorious but unworthily so uh night trap for the sega genesis i'm not familiar with night trap the sega cd you're unfamiliar with it yeah uh so uh so you play as a guy who has access to traps inside of this i think like women's dorm or just a house full of women and and no 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 I, i know what you're thinking right now and see i think that that's where most people sort of like Oh, this is this sounds really bad. But the traps aren't for the women. They're for the kink vampires that are um trying to suck the blood out of these women. So basically mm. you're watching video feeds. This is uh Sega CD, so so what it is is like really crappy like uh, you know, digital video from okay. the, you know, late 90s. And uh you know, you're watching these video feeds and basically you're supposed to trigger the traps when the vampires are at a specific point of like almost attacking the women. Mm. Uh, and like, yes, like there are some women in like pajamas and stuff like that, of like somewhat scantily clad, but there's nothing particularly like, I don't know. It's still creepy, but it's definitely not like we should ban all video games. People can't do that. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's not yeah. as much of a, a thing as people might suggest like i would say that like mortal Kombat had a lot more to do with shaping young hearts and minds than night trap ever will or has had <laughs> well i mean that's that's probably true john uh speaking of other things though the team justifies their trip for the yellow dello yes by let's do it for marzipan yeah right from from marzipan are are they dating <sighs> i did by I they did. i mean marzy and homestar Yes. Uh, no, it, they're in a they're in a quadruple. Uh, so it's it's actually uh, Marzipan, Homestar Runner, Strong Sad, and uh, Pom Pom are all in a relationship. That uh, sounds awkward. No, I'm just kidding. That's not how it is. I think that they're dating. Uh, I don't know. They're not married, at least not yet. I have a feel. <laughs> I I wonder if there's a Homestar 
marriage episode. I guess we could get to that someday. Uh, I don't know. But uh, I think that they're dating-ish. They're at least written as paired. Yeah, well, that's definitely true. Yeah. Uh, but that, that raises questions for me about their age as well. Because if, if Homestar is asking for advice from Coach about what to get her, it's like, are they in a middle school dating thing where they are really awkward still? Or what what's yeah. happening? Well, I mean, like, there's... Like, Homestar lives by himself in this weird, like, mushroom-esque house. Uh, I'm not really sure. Like, like, I, like, it's really hard to tell. They also don't really go to school, but they do have a coach. I mean, they are world world champion athletes, basically, so. Right. M- maybe it's some sort of, like, Olympic Village sort of situation where everybody's yeah. sort of dating. <laughs> it could be true. <laughs> yeah. So then we we you know we we found the uh, the yellow dello again. I was gonna say mellow de- mellow yellow. <laughs> we found the yellow dello on top of a mountain, and then it cuts to marzipan watering a uh, flower using a water can labeled H two O. In case we were worried that she was like poisoning it with like acid or something. But I think you're missing a pun there, John, because it's H two O H exclamation point. Oh, written on there, so it's H two O. Oh, wow! Uh, apparently, I my my eyes are worse than I thought. Okay, so great pun, mm, quality pun. <laughs> yep. Okay, so who who or what is marzipan, Paul? Jeez. Uh, so I think marzipan is modeled after a feather duster, like you mm-hmm. saw in Beauty and the Beast, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what she looks like. So I, I don't know beyond that. <laughs> she seems to be a a youngish woman. Mm-hmm. And 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 the only the only person with uh, a woman's voice in this, uh, and True. I I would like to say the major difference between this cartoon and the original version of this cartoon, the DVD and original versions are um, Marzipan does not speak in the original one, and I assume that's because they hadn't found the woman that would go on to voice Marzipan for the rest of the tunes. Well, that could be true. I was going to ask John if originally she was just supposed to be a non-speaking character. Uh, I don't think I think that they just didn't want to do uh, like I mean like the two brothers can only do so many voices right and I think that sure. there's also something about like putting on a f- male falsetto voice for your uh, female character that sort of that can invalidate them if they're the only female you know like it becomes more of a joke rather than an actual character and Marzipan sure. is sort of a straight straight man for lack of a better term in terms mm. of not really giving jokes more just sort of observing how weird everybody else is around her uh or misinterpreting how weird they are so yeah so here we have a strong bad then leaps from off screen uh to spoil homestar's gifts tells her tells marzipan that um homestar is getting her the yellow dello and so Mm -hmm. then she she sort of uh, he then asks like you know what i'm getting you and she says what my oven mitts which are also what he's wearing for some reason strong bad is wearing oven mitts instead of his boxing gloves yeah i was gonna Uh, ask about that is there a reason for that or is that just random gag uh i guess it's random gag i'm i'm assuming this is from the translating from the uh the storyboards the the storyboards exactly where uh he was probably drawn hastily and then maybe like the boxing gloves were a little too elongated and looked more like oven mitts in the original one, there was no oven mitt joke. It was just random. Like, he just was wearing them. 
which I kind of liked more. Yeah, I kind of like that more too. Where it's just like, yep, uh, this is this is his character. He just is presented with gloves of some variety, like <laughs> of of non fingered gloves. Like it, like mittens would be also appropriate, but not like gardening gloves. Yeah. So yeah. So then he says, you know, you want to know what I got you? And then he says nothing. And then nothing. is sort of like beamed backwards, like Poochie returning to his home planet with like a boing sort of thing i don't know like i guess again it just has something to do with how do we get them on screen and how do we get them off screen and this is the fastest and weirdest solution yeah i mean do do we think that strong bad is just spoiling the surprise here or did he think that she wouldn't like the gift of the yellow dello and and how did he find out anyway that <laughs> they were going to do this did strong sad tell him i assume so later on we find that strong sad's most valuable thing in his life is his journal oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah and so i kind of wonder if strong bad just knows everything that strong sad knows just like one day later you know because he just steals his journal so yeah, so that's sense, yeah. that's my assumption and <laughs> i don't understand why there's a loophole and why we're validating the loophole but yeah, so yeah, so, so Strong Bad comes in and uh, and spoils the gift. But Marzipan daydreams about the Yellow Dell and thinks it's a great thing because the Yellow Dell can help her with gardening. Um, Which I think is interesting because w- when I think of a giant emu-esque bird, I, I don't think of it as a gardener. Yeah, I first. guess we haven't described the Yellow Dello other than the legs yet. It is huge. It is like larger than any character mm-hmm. uh, in this scene so far. So we cut back to the Yellow Dello. Uh, and he's beautifully rendered, pulling an oyster out of his shell and eating it. Mm-hmm. And it was just really well animated for some reason. Um, and then Har- Homestar harmonizes, hello, yellow, yellow, Dello, and greets the Dello, I guess. Which is the traditional greeting of the yellow Dello, is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. appar- apparently. And so that's when uh, Homestar comes up with two completely different and distinct plans of... Mm nearly doing the exact identical thing except on either side of the yellow dollar which is basically come up and ask them if they would come with them which i think is a funny gag especially the second time i mean after the first one you see he has a lot of head trauma and after the second time he has even more head trauma so i guess he's been concussed so badly he forgot about the first plan <laughs> that's very possible he is bleeding from his head kind the of second a lot. time he does it yeah which is uh, funny in a cartoon. It is very funny. And it's also very weird to see cartoon characters that have been like, that that suffer extreme things. Like in the last cartoon, was it, Strong Bad's head literally gets exploded out and he's still perfectly fine. And like Homestar's hmm. fine. It's just that the idea of him having blood is unsettlingly hilarious for some reason. <laughs> It is pretty weird. But I think even more than Homestar's plan, my favorite is Pom Pom's plan. For what Pom to do Pom with the yellow dillo. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so what does what does Pom Pom suggest, Paul? Well, he, he implies a plan when he pulls out a pistol, which is very well animated, and I, I guess they're just gonna shoot it. <laughs> that would and, work, I guess. It's yeah, effective. And, and so after the second his second uh, Homestar's second attempt fails, he then tells Pom Pom, Alright, Pom Pom, get the pistol. Uh and and Pom Pom whips out the gun again. Uh Homestar then notices that Strong Sad has been saying, I have an idea. Like every second for the past mm-hmm. like half a minute or so true true uh and so finally homestar's like oh strong sad how long have you been there and he's like the whole time uh and strong sad then suggests you know an idea and the and pom-pom 
whips the pistol off screen, just like throwing it over his shoulder. For the second got... time, I think he's already thrown the gun off screen once. <laughs> he's got a lot of guns, apparently. Pom pom. Apparently, alert. I didn't. I didn't know this about Pom Pom, but he's a scary character. Yeah. Well, I mean, the fact that we can't understand him because Pom Pom only speaks in bubble sounds. So, so yeah. So Strongside's idea is uh, is executed now, and basically Homestar and uh, Pom Pom then sort of hoist him up next to the Yellow Dello uh, on top of this mountain, and Strongside just starts talking about himself a uh, sad uh fat gray child whose brothers steal his most pri- uh, prized possession his journal and uh this sort of like time skips to the evening when you find out that everybody has fallen asleep listening to strong sad's talking except for strong sad homestar has to like r- like basically <laughs> force strong sad to stop talking uh and they stuff the yellow dello in a sack you know, which which is all funny, but John, I'm not really clear on the mechanism by which they're holding up Strong Sad yeah. while he does that. It seems like Pom Pom's just floating. Yeah, Pom Pom, as we learned last time, weighs five pounds. So, but does he have the ability to float? Uh, to hover? I, mean, he, I think he has the ability to float, but I think that has more to do with the fact that he's huge and only weighs five pounds. Hmm. Uh, so, like, you know, I feel like you know, there's no mass there. So, like, he can sort of, like, just jump and then just sort of stay afloat based on, I don't know, air currents. Sure, yeah. Uh, So, yeah, it is kind of weird. I mean, Homestar's legs are sort of off to the mountainside, I guess. So maybe maybe Pom Pom's just wedged there to sort of, like, give Homestar the leverage. I don't know. Yeah, that could be true. Yeah. Anyway, so they're holding up. They're holding. Uh, they're holding up, and uh, they stuff uh, the they stuff the bird in the bag. And my my question here, Paul, is what is the joke that Strong Sad just owned himself by like knowing full well from the beginning that like him talking would put the bird to sleep. <laughs> I'm not sure that this was actually Strong Sad's plan. To tell you the truth, I'm not oh, okay. sure that he owned himself or not because his plan. If, if we're following his logic should be, I'm going to talk about the bird until it falls asleep and then immediately we'll put it in the bag and go. But instead, he's talked about it long enough so that not only is the bird asleep, but it's been <laughs> a whole day and everyone else is asleep. Yeah. So I think his plan was actually talk to the bird until the bird felt bad enough for him that, <laughs> that it would go just with, come them. with him. Yeah. So I think his plan actually failed. I don't think he's owned himself. I think he's just executed it poorly and uh, it happened to work out. All right. That's a much better. I like that a lot. <laughs> that is sad plan that, you know, was already sad, just didn't even work out. And they they res- it just ended up being that he's so boring that mm-hmm. everybody fa- fell asleep. Very nice. Well, I think that like that epitomizes the sadness of strong sad. Right? Yeah, it does. It's like, no, it was even sadder than you thought. Great. Yep. All right. So uh, we cut to uh, the day of Marzipan's birthday. And uh, she walks over to Homestar's house, which is a red cube with white polka dots on it. Uh, she mm-hmm. opens up the door and everybody says, happy birthday. And Homestar Runner is holding a large roasted bird. And Paul, did you think that that was the gag? Homestar? Oh, yeah. I, I completely believed that he had killed and cooked the bird as a gift, just not understanding that she might want the bird to be alive. But yeah. I was tricked. They got me. Yeah, no, they got me too, and I've seen this before. I've seen this uh, multiple times, at the very least. Granted, like, you know, 17 years ago. Sure. <laughs> but, um, so Marzipan sees the bird and thinks Homestar has cooked the Yellow Dello, 
oh, awful, Homestar, how could you? And then she smacks him, and she walks away saying that this is the worst birthday she'd ever had. Which Uh, I think is really interesting, John, because this is the first time that I've seen someone other than Homestar in this, um, you know, series hit hit someone with arms that don't exist or use arms that don't exist (laughs) yes well she was holding the watering can so we know that she has at least the ability to levitate but the clear hand mark that appears on homestar runner's face indicates Mm -hmm. that she just has invisible hands like homestar does uh which might be why they're otp right like uh why they're paired together Yeah, we did see Homestar in this episode use his invisible arms to um, hold on to the vine to swing over the crocodile pit. (laughs) That's very true. Then the yellow Dello, perfectly uncooked and and, and great, pops out of the box and in a Brooklyn accent says, uh, Paul, why why don't you take this one? Okay. Hey, what do you think her problem was? (laughs) Very good. It's like a disgruntled, uh, disgruntled like iron worker or something. Mm -hmm. Um. So it cuts to a mid shot of Homestar's house with a pitfall scorpion walking past, sort of referencing the journey that we all went on. Mm. And and finally he says, I guess I just don't understand the ladies. And then cut. Which which is funny, but I think makes more sense as a joke if he had actually killed the bird and cooked it. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I think it would make more sense that way. See, th- this is what I'm talking about is like, uh, I think that the fact that he didn't cook the bird mm-hmm. makes this a little bit of like a uh, bitches be crazy sort of thing. Like, uh, like you know, yeah. like the fact that like, uh, man, that hothead marzipan just doesn't understand me. But I, I still at the same time think like nobody really wants homes. Like, like I think there's another side to this, which is it's a kid's cartoon. We don't want Homestar to murder the object of this entire thing. Like, it, right. I mean, it would be a quality misdirection. Yeah, it would also be funny because it's the same ending for both the original and the new version. Mm-hmm. It would be funny if they released the new version and he had just cooked the bird <laughs> like in the original one. He hadn't cooked the bird, and and that's how it ends. So, like, people who are watching this knowing, you know, they've watched the original short hundreds of times online in the past year. Mm-hmm. They pop in the DVD, and at the and end... he just kills it. He just kills the bird. I mean... That'd be funny. It did change because, like, the whole thing, like, the whole, like, them having a conversation on top of the mountain, that was not in the original one. Uh, so, like, neither was the gun that Pom Pom <laughs> pulls out True. Uh, yep. several times. So yeah, let's compare the last episode and this episode. Mm, okay. uh, what what do you think is better? What do you think might be missing a little bit still? Well, the audio quality is definitely better, oh, but yeah. still not great, which I think we're going to see forever here. Uh, the animation's a little more advanced, which I like. The characters, we get more varied characters, and we have more of what seem to be intentional jokes. And yes. all of that works for me pretty well. Yeah. I'm a little confused as to the um, second version that they did, the reproduction, because Mm -hmm. it seems weird to have changed a non-speaking character to a character that speaks, Um, but I I know it's good to have a speaking female character. I don't know why they didn't to begin with, and I think your theory makes a lot of sense, but that's a little bit weird for me still. And as we've said, some of the jokes don't really land completely, some of the interactions. Yeah. But overall, the jokes land. Well, I I do think that Marzipan... This voice actress is is related to them in some way. I think she might be a girlfriend or 
a close friend or something like that to one of the brothers. And so I think I think that that is uh, sort of like that might have been developed over that time. And then they're like, oh, hey, wait, we need we need a voice for this character. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of wonder I kind of wonder if like because there is only a little bit over a year in difference between the old version and the new version, at least when they're published. Right. Like, obviously, they could have worked on the older version a long time before uh, mm-hmm. they actually published it. And obviously, they worked on the new version before they published it to DVD. Uh, right. but the, the thing is, is that like in that time, I think Marzipan became a character in other tunes. Uh, I and see. So, okay. And so I, I think, I think that that's sort of the evolution of it. Actually, now that I think about it, I think Marzipan had a, a like sort of page in homestarrunner.com that was Marzipan's answering machine, which has hmm. her voice in it. So she might've been voiced already. It's just that they might maybe within the time constraints of this video of, of this tune or whatever, they couldn't mm. get the actress to, to come in and speak her parts. Yeah, that is possible too. So that's well, John, I mean, what, what worked for you in this one? Um, so I think what worked for me, I like, I definitely like the newer version better than the older version. Like the older version was fun because of the random, like I loved how Homestar Runner changed shape and size and detail, like every single shot, basically. That was mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Uh, I like the non sequiturs of some of the jokes. Um, I sort of like seeing the the multiple styles because they had the Atari twenty six hundred version of them, which was cool. Uh, mm-hmm. Because it like these characters work in multiple styles, and, and you'll see that as you go through the series and stuff because they have like an old uh, a whole old timey version of all of these characters and all that sort of stuff. So there's a lot of different styles that these characters go through, but they're still very recognizable. Um, I also, I do like the pose of Homestar sitting on a rock, uh, for some reason. I don't know. His legs just straight extended out. Yeah, it's uh, funny. It's funny to me. Uh, and then finally, yeah, the, the gun joke with Pom Pom, because you know that this is not a, like, Flash cartoons are also known for, like, random violence and stuff. Like, a lot of, like, humor, like, especially nerd humor at this time was, mm-hmm. uh, what is it uh there is just a great um what is it hg bomber guy youtube video about control delete the cartoon from the early about the same period of time and uh the online comic about uh video games and stuff and so and what he basically says is like you know it was like everything was just about because the internet wasn't a place where there was any sort of oversight or anything. It was all about random violence. And so referencing that sort of like the theme of random violence in the cartoon without any sort of follow through sort of like shows that they're aware of like the idea of it and uh, and then just sort of throwing it away. Like, you know, this was an option to us, but we're not going to we're not going to do that. Oh, that's interesting. So you think it was that intentional? Well, I think I think it was intentional. I don't know if it was intentional so much as they saw what everybody else was doing with the same tools and mm. uh and like you know audience and stuff like that and so they sort of like might be referencing it in some way but then they were like no but these characters are ours and these are what these characters do like they they that's one of the things i really like about it is that they have like sort of an auteur feeling to them in a way that doesn't whereas like some other flash cartoons sometimes feel like they're made not by committee, but sort of like by the zeitgeist. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, everybody drink. I said zeitgeist. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> so like, I th- I think that a lot of the times, like people are just sort of referencing or remaking something else. Like a lot of like 
Matrix references with stick figures as the characters and stuff like that. Right, right. Which don't get me wrong, like you know, I, I, you know, as a young animator, the first thing I always did was like try and recreate something from something I saw. So like it's absolutely legitimate. It's just like I feel like they had a more specific vision. Like these are characters, these are stories we want to tell, and we're thinking about it in ways that are original rather than trying to just replicate something else we saw, um, while still referencing things that they love, like uh, you know, Pitfall and the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. All right. Well, John, I think we've reached a conclusion. Anything else you'd like to weigh in on? No, I think that's it. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Plug and Missing. If you liked what you heard, please tell a friend. We're just starting out and can't afford to run ads, so word of mouth is really key for our listenership. Uh, You can also check out our other podcast, The Minute Podcast, where we review listener-submitted minutes of content from TV shows or something else on the internet, which we release in an alternating week-for-week schedule with this one. You can find that at theminutepodcast.com or wherever podcasts are downloaded. You can find out more information about this podcast, as well as our current schedule of cartoons and shorts we're going to review, at pluginmissing.com. Please rate and review us on iTunes if you have a minute. That helps a lot as well. Email us at pluginmissingpod at gmail.com. And if we get some responses, we'll do a listener-submitted mail section, which I think would be a lot of fun. You can find us on all of the social medias at Plug and Missing. As always, this episode was co-hosted by John Ward and Paul Reberg, produced by John Ward, edited by Paul Reberg, with theme music by Paul Reberg. Come back next week, and don't forget, uh, there's a new version of Flash Out update in advance, and save yourself some time. Thanks. Bye. Goodbye. (laughs) That was bad. We're glad you could join us for just a little bit discussing Flash animation and what the hell it is until next week. We hope you're well. Please give us five stars on iTunes.